uh, two things. One, is farming profitable? And number two, do farmers owe uh, the society food or do they owe themselves a profit? Okay. And that's interesting. Thinking about uh, what's the state of youth and farming? Yeah, in my observation, this is, uh, I think the industry is very strategic. The industry has uh, infiltrated agriculture schools, even uh, high schools Mm -hmm. uh, curriculum in a way that uh, the youths who have gone Mm -hmm. to school, they are so brainwashed to believe that to do farming, you have to have a lot of money, which is Mm -hmm. true if you are to do industrial farming. You have to have money. For instance, you know, to grow a half an acre of tomatoes, you might need to have 200,000 because you need so much chemicals. You need seeds worth over 50,000. You need uh, a lot of things, uh, inputs, and you need to spray almost daily uh, based on the based on the school of thought of industrial farming. So you need huge money to do any farming. And uh, youths have been made to believe this. And um, going into farming, they uh-huh. see it as a very ex- expensive venture because they don't even imagine where to start if it costs all that money. And you see, uh-huh. th- this, this is also being pushed by government uh, as farming, like uh, I mean, extension agriculture uh, department, as farming as business, like people have to to do farming as business. Therefore, they are being told this is a way to do farming as a business. But this farming as a business does not address market farmers. It only address market for agrochemical industry. I mean, the people selling things to farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is farming as business when farmers buy things. But when it's to come to farmers selling things, then there is no no intervention. There is nothing. Nothing is happening. So farmers uh, invest money, take loans. Sometimes they get uh, input at at credit. And then uh, when it comes to selling, they have food or they produce meat mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in, the, in the market with everyone. Like uh, it's season-based and it's, it's coming from uh, the rain. So when the rain has come, everyone has produced. And you see farmers are also the consumers. Youths can observe that. They can see the kind yeah, of definitely. cycle or trap that their parents are getting into. And therefore, they, they, they see, is it really profitable? Is it worth it? But if they knew it was possible to do farming without using all that money or without having to look for so much money, then uh, they, they would uh, definitely perhaps uh, get involved because it is one thing to look for capital and start business. And it's another thing to lose the capital when you cannot find market. If you yeah. didn't perhaps use a lot of money to start, you might not worry too much if you didn't get market. But if you used a lot of money, maybe you sold something else to for you to start being uh, farming, then all of a sudden you cannot sell whatever you are producing. And that is frustrating. Roots don't go there. Yeah, it is. Uh, two things. One, is farming profitable? And number two, do farmers owe uh, the society food or do they owe themselves a profit? Uh, first of all, um, for small-scale farmers, I think including our parents, the intentions, like my mother never planted uh, beans or maize or cassava or whichever I am. She never did that for money. She was doing us to feed us. And uh, for small-scale farmers, I don't believe it will ever be profitable to try and uh, 
do business in as as to 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 grow food uh, as business because the more you buy things the more you 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 lose because eventually you you sell at very low price and uh, at the moment it is not profitable at all because mm-hmm. the government is not fixing the market side of things they are not fixing the market side of things and surprise side of things is being fixed not by a neutral person but by people who are making profit out of it therefore mm-hmm. they, they are using all their means or crooked means to to sell therefore it 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 is not it is not profitable but farmers are not especially small scale farmers are not doing their calculations however on the other side the 20 or so or, or maybe 15% of farmers in the in the in the in the country actually i, I would believe is less than 10% large scale farmers who are literally uh, destroying the environment and uh, who have sunk boreholes who have uh, who are using excess fertilizer herbicides using fungicides in large scale is somehow profitable for them because using their scale they're able to organize their own market and uh, reach the market and somehow they probably they are probably making money. Although I also know some large-scale farmers who are going at loss because after using the soil for many years and uh, using fertilizer for so many years, the soil dies and then the the the, the yields are declining every year and eventually it will decline no matter what they are adding to the soil, no matter what they, they spray to their crop, the yields continue declining up to a point where they say, it's not profitable anymore. So even those who are those large-scale farmers who are profitable, they are not doing mm-hmm. it sustainably. They will eventually come to a decline when the soil uh, are exhausted, or this when the soil cannot take it anymore because the soil uh, is is life. Soil is is life. When the soil dies and it mm. cannot hold life anymore, uh, it is start giving you yields. So uh, those who are doing it. In the conventional way, industrial farming way, it is profitable for some time, but then it declined. For small-scale farmers, it is never profitable because the market side is never organized whether they're able to produce or not. And if they attempt to do it in an in industrial scale, like uh, not the scale, but industrial methods like use of excess fertilizer, use of uh, agrochemical industry, uh, agrochemical and uh, and uh, using all inputs to do with hybrid seeds and all that, the cost mm-hmm. is so high as compared to what they're able to sell. So eventually they are negative. But because for them, they never do records, they never do calculations, they don't do profit and loss thing. They don't know. They don't know that they have been uh, running on, on loss. They don't know that uh, whatever they have been doing, the only useful thing has been that they, at, they can at least eat what they are producing. But uh, when they, when someone has spent labor, spent some money to buy chemicals, and then they have spent so much, uh, and, um, and they, are, they have given their own labor that they don't even consider, uh, and then they sell things. Maybe they can sell uh, a ton of, of whatever things, or whether it's potatoes or tomatoes. And then they, they see that ransom money. They mm. don't realize that. When it is uh, calculations are done, uh, they will be left with almost nothing or negative, actually. 
it is eating into any other investment that they have. That's interesting. So I'm thinking, um, Daniel, you're in this space. You have farmers, as you mentioned in our introduction, you know, thousands of farmers across different counties. So what are some of the key goals and some of the key things that uh, your team um, are doing to help? To help the country move towards food, food sufficiency. Yes. For, for us, we believe for people and uh, for farmers to be able to feed them. And this is also a philosophy of our farmers. To, to, to be, we, for them, for people to be able to feed themselves. One thing that is very important is that they have to grow what agree with the environment. Such that it is not, not one, one size fit all. It, it, it must be like uh, whatever produce they are doing must be agreeing with the environment. You don't tell people who are in semi-arid areas to grow maize or like vegetables that require a lot of water. But there uh-huh. are a lot of crops that could grow there, like cassava, sometimes even sweet potato, that will grow with even just one rainfall, uh, like yams. So they, they, and those ones provide sometimes even much more higher, higher value food than the crop that is being used uh, in the policy. The other thing is that we, 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 we uh, focus on diversification of crops in the sense that no one farmer should be growing less than 10 items of different crops in their field. And mm-hmm. uh, this should run from uh, fruits, which, which, which are whole tree. And you remember the, the, if it's fruits, they are fruits for dry region, they are fruits for wet region, they are fruit for, that is also diversified. Why not more than 10? What, what, what is the rationale? And how, not how less. You, what, I've said. Uh, not less. Oh, sorry. Not less. I, I At least 10. At least 10. Oh, sorry. If more is okay, but at least uh-huh. 10 different kind of, uh, of crops. Uh-huh. And, again, and again, we insist on using local varieties. If you want to grow anything, mm-hmm. don't source from far. Use uh, genetic materials that are used to your locality. If you want a cow, don't go, for instance, if, if, if you are in uh, Kakamega, why should you go to Kiambu to buy a cow, 300,000 shillings, and then you bring it to Kakamega, and every day you are giving it, I don't know, molasses, you are giving it what, and then mm. all of a sudden it is not happy with the movement and it dies. But your neighbor mm-hmm. has a cow that that it doesn't mm. produce so much, but you, mm-hmm. you 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 are still able to perhaps work with that cow and being able to like over time increase production. So we believe you go to the nearest neighbor to get the the seeds, the seeds that you want, whether it is uh, livestock or it is crops. Don't go very far. The idea of, for instance, you know, we are importing ninety five percent of our commercial seeds in uh, vegetables. Imagine, 95%. It's a lot of seeds, some of them are coming from China, others Netherlands. So a lot of them will not agree with our environment. What happens when they can't agree? Every day, someone is with an axe up sprayer, spraying them, protecting them against uh, diseases, or mm-hmm. to, uh, spraying them to, to eliminate uh, 20-minute pests because they are they come so and because you know the plants plants and uh, everything else uh, all the living things including ourselves is that uh, if if you remove any organism from their original home or from their original environment and bring it to another environment surviving becomes hectic until 
they get used. So therefore, we insist on use, using local variety, local uh, planting materials. And the other thing that we do is we insist that you don't have to buy things. You don't have to, like, we insist on growing food without really depending on the market. Mm-hmm. And, and, and therefore, we insist on uh, having sort of uh, a cyclic uh, nutritional cycle where we have some livestock and you also have some plants and the livestock provide manure to the plants. And uh, when you, you plant, when you are growing food, you use pattern in a way that the pest and diseases cannot spread very fast. And we also don't insist on zero amount of pest and zero diseases. We insist on a level that cannot be, cannot be destructive because uh, everyone, including humans, including animals, everyone mm-hmm. has some level of infection. It's only that it doesn't get to a level where it brings you down. But this idea of putting people's mind that you should not see even one insect in the field. And if you see one insect, you go for a whole ton of chemicals to bring to your farm. And the chemical does more harm than the, the insect itself. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we don't believe in that. So we insist on people don't have, not having to buy things like trying to have a cyclic environment and also, uh, and also making sure that what we have in our field is recycled and the seeds are also recycled and the neighbors are also able to share. And people knowing that the indigenous knowledge that they have, because you also collect indigenous knowledge. Like now we are conducting research because we have okay. realized making seeds, uh, keeping seeds for a long time has become a challenge. But we know some communities might have knowledge on how they used to preserve seeds. You read stories and you realize some people have even uh, when the village, maybe fire or something or drought has destroyed all the food. The village, maybe three, four years later, can get some seeds from some people and they're able to use them. Nowadays, you keep the seeds for a while and they are destroyed by weevils or fungus or whatever. This community have knowledge on how they used to keep seeds. And if it has been passed, then that is the right knowledge because it is a, it, it is customized to uh, local use and it is customized to uh, situations uh, that we are in, not something, not a research uh, brought to small-scale farmers and conditions are di- totally different than it, it is not applicable. Even if it's good, it's not applicable. The applicable research or the appropriate uh, technology is the technology that we can get from our ancestors because they used so mm-hmm. we are currently conducting sort of to collect some of this knowledge so that we can pass it to this uh, generation. We want mm. to ask elders who have used yeah. this knowledge. For them, they mm. pass it by the word of mouth. And this is what is important. That's very, very interesting. And I think once you're done, I think we can come back to this conversation. We do have an archive section of the, the, the elephant platform. But I still have like two questions. One of them is... Uh, urban farming among your members uh, and is there even such a thing really as urban farming yeah urban farming is there and is real and it's becoming relevant because of the current situation of food safety or people not trusting the food or vegetables in the market so mostly urban farming is for vegetables and fruits 
and uh, you, you when I talk about urban farming, uh, for what what we have seen here with uh, most of our members of the network is that someone who has a small compound, uh, a plot, and they are living in urban area, and then they have uh, a garden where they they are growing, they are growing a fruit or two, but they also have a, a small a vegetable garden. And uh, in this case, for instance, ourselves, we train people to use the vertical garden or the basket garden where soil can be brought and then you put it there and then you are able to uh, plant soil mixed with other materials, manure and all that, you're able to grow your own food, you're able to grow your own vegetables so that you don't have to buy because if you buy, you might buy chemicals. Therefore, because of food safety, uh, urban farming or is, is catching. And uh, you see a lot of people who are even requesting that uh, you, they don't even want to learn how to do it. They say, can you come do it for me? Uh, because this and this day, I bought vegetables from the market and I, I, had, uh, and I had stomach problem. So therefore, mm. I don't want to that. And I'm also hearing that cancer cases are increasing because of people eating chemicals. So uh, I want to, to avoid eating chemicals. And the only way is that I want to plant my two fruits and I also plant my vegetables. And you see a small space using this small urban farming technologies, using manure and all that, you're able to have vegetables for your family and therefore you don't buy. So it is, it is a, an important thing. I also believe it is, a, it is good uh, for the climate because it also means we have green areas within urban places and uh, uh, that's useful for all of us. And just finally, there's a lot of conversation. I know um, there is indigenous practices and indigenous seeds, but then there's also technology, which is partly what we are using right now. What would you say has been the the place of technology, especially for, you know, like your team, uh, we see a lot of these things where there are text messages to tell farmers if it will rain or it will not rain, farm prices of products. What would you say has been the impact of technology on your member teams in terms of the ability to access information and network, be able to find the market for their products? Yeah, digital, digital farming and uh, digitization of everything. Is, is, is coming up and it, in, in, in agriculture it has been used a lot. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't think small-scale farmers have been the beneficiary. Even the apps that are meant to advise farmers on mm-hmm. various issues, mostly they say, if you have this problem, this is a solution. And what's the solution? It's a chemical that is being sold by so-and-so. What's the solution? It's the fertilizer that I'm selling. What's the solution to, to the crop that look like this? It is, uh, it is now um, very suspicious what, what you get uh, from as advice from this uh, kind of information sharing. And when the, the, the bigger challenge with uh, small-scale farmers, like how to access market, they don't address sufficiently because it's just like what we used to hear over the, over the radio, like cabbage are being sold this number, this much money. And as you are saying initially, uh, even if they are being sold this much money, if you go there, you don't sell. You don't sell at that price. The cartels are still there and you cannot even access the market. And maybe when you reach there, they have announced today, they looked yesterday, when you reach there, 
everyone, even people from uh, people from Kakamega meet with people from Meru, and uh, they have all come. So how is it useful? If anything, there must be okay. another way. There must be another deliberate effort to mm-hmm. make technology uh, useful to the to the small scale farmers. What are your words of the future in terms of our, our food sufficiency and uh, what awaits us in the agriculture space, the farming space? For us to being able to feed ourselves or being mm-hmm. able to address the challenges that we are facing, the first thing you need to do is to start trusting ourselves and trust our own knowledge and being able to think how to to face uh, issues, our issues without influence. Mm. I would rather trust my grandmother. I would rather ask my my grandmother, how did you feed yourself? You are able to survive. Who brought you? Really, really important subject. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Okola. Thank you, Elephant, for inviting me. And I'm very happy to have participated in this conversation.